Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Three, two, one. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Blended Life. I am Eric. This is my wife, Julie. And our episode today is on balance of a blended family. Yeah, there's nothing harder. Let's go. Balancing life in a blended family. Balancing life in any family, I think, is extremely difficult. So whether you're in a blended family or not, I think this episode's going to give us all some food for thought. Watch those when you can, um, but give us all something to think about and take away from. So um, marriage and friends and money and extended family and the kids. I mean, there's just so much grandmas, work. Grandpas, uncles, cousins. Yeah. Yep. Let's start with balancing the kids. Something that on Instagram when I had asked for podcast ideas, something someone wrote in was, asking if we could discuss a fairness between the kids in the house and a blended family. Um, Are we talking like chores and it was a very or just a broad? It was a broad question, but let's okay. talk about chores and gifts and rules. I think that, you know, our situation's different than most people's because, right. um, and I've always talked about this, but, you know, you allow me to parent my children yeah. the way I see fit. You're very respectful of that. You extend the space, and you don't try to intercede. You don't try to overload, overlord over us. And in the same in return, you know, I feel very strongly that you have every right to raise your children, you know, how you and your ex. Yeah, but, you, you, but we have to do it to a point to where we aren't a separate family just co-living together, you and I behind the scenes have talked about the rules and the expectations. So once we've talked about those rules and expectations, we then parent our own children, but we're still on the same page, right? Um, I think that in our situation, and I would say in most blended family situations, because they're not naturally our children together. Right. You know, so we don't have children that we are genuinely raising up as our own together and fit we're not figuring it out together as we go we came into this with already set rules and regulations with our own children (laughs) you know and so we we didn't have to have the conversations and we don't really have the conversations about too much how we want our kids to turn out what are important values that we have for our kids to instill? I mean, we just kind of naturally mesh together well that well, we don't have the need for those conversations. You and I built that friendship ahead of time, and we realized that our goals and our values aligned. Yeah. So I think the rest kind of flows downhill, you know, onto the others naturally. That's true. Yeah. But so fairness, though, amongst the kids, I kind of think is an unrealistic expectation. And I'm very, I'm one for taking, I mean, blended families are so full of pressure. You have, you know, the pressure of being a step-parent and connecting with your stepchildren. You have the pressure of living up to your spouse's expectations. You have the pressure of the in-laws, and you have the pressure of the exes, and you have the pressure of making sure that all the kids are getting along. And, you, you know, there's just so much pressure, and I am all about, as long as there's respect and honor, Take that pressure away. So to have this pressure that everything has to be fair, 
I mean, listen, life isn't fair. Yeah, life isn't fair. And I think as long as everyone is living the same quality of life. That's right. You know, you don't have one children, you know, one child with a bedroom and the other child has to sleep on the couch. Know, the couch. Yeah, you know. So as long as the quality of life is the same, you know, and you're not favor favoriting one child over the other or one set of kids over the other, you know. However, let's talk about that. So we agree that maybe a fairness to to expect everything to be super fair amongst the kids is probably not going to happen. Right. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, if the kids are loved on and they feel like their needs are met, I mean, it's one thing if you, if one kid gets all the love and the other kid gets sent that was into my the point. closet. Right. But, I mean, let's talk about, you know, how do you balance chores amongst kids? One thing that's really hard in our home with balancing that is custody schedules. Right. Right? So it's hard to have set chores in a home when the kids are not, I mean, what happens when the kids aren't here? Who's picking up the slack? Is it the parents? Is it the other children? Well, um, and custody schedules look so different. Ours alone in the true. two different family, you know, in the two different sides of the family look different. I'm right. on a week on, week off where you guys are. What do you even call that? We call it a 5522, Eric. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's so it's different, which actually ba- that works out beautifully because Let's talk, you know, having two different custody schedules, people, their heads explode. Right. It's a lot to balance, well, right? Th- well, there's so many different types. I mean, we were on a two, two, three before this week on, week off, and then we realized that the consistency in, uh, in allowing the kid to, or the kids to settle, settle mm-hmm. and just reacclimate to each house has been a lot better for their well-being. Yes. And it's, you know, not the right thing for every situation but it's worked great in our situation which originally going into this I never thought that I would be able to do week on week off and it's still hard you know because 50 50 custody you're missing 50 percent of your child's life that is true but to balance out that week on week off I mean you get to talk to your it's not a true week on week off where you are just don't see or have contact like right but during that week Situation. Yeah, so for you, it works especially well because you can talk to your son, text to your son 10,000 times a day. You're right. always in contact with him. Yeah, daughter you has a car she can swing by anytime yeah, she wants. Yeah, you don't have, you don't lose connection or contact. You know, he still comes over here and picks up things or you, you're allowed to take him to hockey practice. Yeah, took him to hockey. So, yeah. I mean, while you do have a week on, week off, you're very fortunate to be able to still connect and see him and talk to him kind of whenever. Right. I think it's harder for you to respect that he's there sometimes. Sometimes. So, but anyway, that's, that would be a different story. I think if you had to have week on week off with no contact. Yeah. I think you would, I would die. Right. So back to our topic, Mm -hmm. if he were to have set chores of, let's say something basic, take Mm -hmm. out the trash when it's full. And he he can only do that during one week. Mm-hmm. Getting back to what you were talking about, what do you do the other week when he's not here, but your children are here for that week? Who picks up that slack? Yeah, this is something we haven't really ever talked about. Right. I think the parents, or, you know, you ask your children, I'm fortunate that my kids, especially my son, I ask him, he doesn't get in trouble a lot here because he's very, like, I ask him to do it's something, he obedient. does it. He's very obedient, yeah. Yeah, I don't get pushback. I don't get told no. Oh, my goodness. If he told me no, right. you know, he'd lose. And that's why he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, I think it's just instilling into your children that, look, we're a team. You know, and I tell my kids all this all the time. I'm not your servant. Right. Especially when you're capable. I mean, it's one thing if you want a toddler to take out the trash. Right. But when they're able and capable of helping out in the family, you know, we're all working. It's not... You know, neither one of us are a stay-at-home situation. So I it's important to, to teach kids that you're a team and we're all helping this out, helping right. each other out. So, you know, what we do, rather than having a chore list and being so rigid about it, you know, um, because that can get out, out of balance. You know, some kids feel like they are assigned more chores. And back to the fairness thing, that it's more like when there's a need help, 
Well, I think something that we do very well is we don't – some of our kids have specific chores, but not a bunch of them. But we all help with everything. So right. one kid doesn't just have the trash. You know, we can ask the closest kid at the time, hey, would you mind running this out for us? That's right. You and I do it. It's not, hey, it's that, one person. That it's kid's all that chore. burden on one person. Right. Yeah. And so there's so there's not, well, they only have to take out the trash once a day, but I have to do the laundry, you know, every day, which takes me an hour, and this only takes them two minutes. That's right. We all help with it, with all of the chores, and it's not assigned to one specific person. Yeah, and I do love that about us. I know that some people have chore binders, and some people have charts up in their home, and this is what you have to do, and there's stickers and all that. And, and allowance. It's like, and allowance. I mean, they get rent-free, free food. <laughs> right. You know, they get their laundry done. Well, the oldest is doing his own laundry, so yeah. that's beautiful. But... I think it's, you need to, I, I mean, I would rather instill a teamwork situation, like family helps each other out. And it's fair when everyone's having to help out where the need is, not necessarily, you know. Assigned. Assigned. Yeah. Which so. I think, you know, just thinking from, a, a, thinking about it from a business point of view, that is really a family-like situation. If you talk about, you know, a business and you're like, oh, we're a family-like environment, it's because everyone's helping out. Yeah, so you, you wear many different hats. That's it. You step in where the need is. And that is more valuable to an employer when you have so. an employee who's willing to step out and of their little bubble that they've been hired yeah, to that's do. Not, that's not on my job description. Yes. You know, but if you have an employee, you know, you're not asking them to do something completely outlandish. We're not asking, you know. Not asking a bus driver to do brain surgery. That's it. Just yeah. maybe sweep out your bus. Just sweep out. Yeah, exactly. And he's not going to be like, hey, that's that's the bus washer's job. You know, it's something simple that can be done. Yes. Yeah. And to that point, I mean, something that I love about our family is that we are all stewards of our family. So how our kids behave really is a reflection of our family values. Right. You know, if you have kids misbehaving, well, then your family value is to allow that. Yeah. You know, and so and when they're out in the community, if they are helping or, you know, they're they're opening the door for someone or picking up a piece of trash off the sidewalk, it's it, you know, those little things really speak to who your your where your family dynamic is and what you're instilling into your children. Yeah. And I that's wonderful because our kids are doing that type of stuff outside because we're teaching them here. Mm hmm. And it's always a lot harder here, you know, and we get the attitudes and the and the quirky behavior issues worked out at home and they aren't being worked out at school right. and in the community. So, yes, we have to put up with that a little bit. But at the end of the day, the kids are going out and they're actually practicing what they're learning at home. That's so right. So that's a great thing. Yeah. And that's balancing out, you know, home life and then social life, too. Right. Um, but you brought up schools and, you know, as our kids are getting older, we have things that we're facing like, um, the big discussions we have to have with our kids and yeah. how do you balance out having those big discussions? Do you leave it up to the biological parent? If you're a step parent, do you step in and have those conversations? Um, I you think, know. I think a lot of it depends on the situation and what the actual conversation is. You know, if we're talking about the topic of sex with children, mm -hmm. I think there's a time and a place, and I think it's probably better done by the bi biological parents, although it's going to get talked about in school. That's right. And usually kids start talking about this type of stuff with other kids. So it's better to have those conversations, not too early, but at the appropriate times, and leave that kind of to the biological parents or – do it kind of with the biological parents. You know, if you wanted to have that talk with one of the kids and you're like, hey, you know, or, or hey, it just gets brought up at a certain time. I think that's all right. But I don't think that it's the step parents place to take the biological or, you know, the, the step child aside and have that conversation one on one without the biological parent knowing and, you know, just kind of be on the same page. Yeah, that. and if you are in a co-parenting situation, 
especially I think the harder talks you need to have with your children happen as they get older. And so you kind of need to reach out to your children's other parent and see, you know, kind of divide and conquer who's doing what, you know, am I having the sex talk with my son or his dad? I personally hope his dad does, you know, but I'm also very open and happy to talk about it with my son. It's funny because he's in, he just finished the eighth grade, so going into high school. And I remember um, during the year, this eighth grade year, they had their biggest, you know, they, they start introducing body parts and stuff in elementary school. And then by the eighth grade, I guess it gets very, it gets a lot more in detail as far as sex education. And um, my son was talking about how he had, you know, this unit at school. And I had asked him. No I said, pun intended. Ah. Um, but I asked him, I said, you know, was there anything that you found out in this class that was shocking or you didn't already know? A or body part you didn't know of? <laughs> yeah. Um, and he was like, he rolled his eyes at me and was like, no, I have you as a mom. Right. Like, nothing shocking to me. And I just was, as silly as that was, I was super proud in that moment because, you know, he also told me that some kids were completely taken off guard. One kid almost passed out. Really? You know, there was a lot of kids just could not believe what they were seeing. So they haven't been having these talks with their parents at home. I mean, it was brand new information. No kidding. So... Lady Gaga has not taught them about this yet? <laughs> no, I just, it's crazy to me. So I think having those tough conversations with your kids and then, you know, I, I understand that time is precious. You're balancing a life of you've got schools out, you come home. It is like kids are starving all hours. So you're giving snack, trying to get homework done, figuring out dinner extracurricular activities are happening and everyone is just everywhere. It's a free for all. Right. But I think that's where not only blended families, but just families in general, I think that's where they're really missing the boat. I think that we aren't spending enough time as families this day and age talking about the important things that actually matter. Yeah. Because we are so caught up in the busy. We're worried about homework we're worried about what the next meal is what's for dinner what's for breakfast yeah. uh, we're worried about you know what the plans are the birthday party we or have to we go to this weekend we still have work on our minds i right. mean everyone now is most people are a two income family right. blended families are bigger usually than non blended families so you have more money you know it, money more issues mouths that, and, yeah more you know. mouths that need to be fed more right, bedrooms. and you're dealing yep. with the, the exes, and you're dealing with in-laws, and a you're dealing with on. a lot. And so I think people sidestep their responsibility to have these conversations because they – and maybe I don't even know if it's intentional, right. but they are just too much – you know what this is like, just too much going on in your head yeah. that you're working out. But I want to share some insight with everyone about, you know, the dining room table probably isn't the best – especially when you have varying ages to have these tough conversations because it's probably not appropriate for the littlest to hear, right? Um, but one thing I know you and I both do is we use car rides. Yeah. And you don't need hours in the car. I mean, it could be, you know, my daughter's dance is five minutes from the house. So yeah, we I've can had have... S- I've had some of the best conversations with the kids yeah. just on the way to school. Yeah. You know, one-on-one taking my son to school. We've had some pretty good conversations and he gets out of the car and he's thinking about that right you know it doesn't need to be hours it can be a three minute car ride you can have deep i mean kids attention spans right are like yay long so so turn yeah turn off the radio turn off the radio when you get in the car and have a conversation right and it doesn't have to be some pointed conversation like you just had this you know agenda to get to them about but maybe it's something that you can throw out there and get a little bit of their thought on it and give them input and yeah yeah and I know for us we're one-on-one in a a lot with our kids in cars because not everyone's going to the same activities or even the same school we've got kids kids going four kids going to four schools so um there's there's a lot of untapped into time we have with our kids that you just have to really think about it another one of my favorite times with my kids is um, when I put them to bed at night 
I still go into both my kids' rooms. You know, I say goodnight. We pray together. And, you know, that's also a time just to be able to have one-on-one doesn't have to be long, you know, but, but it's just also creating, in. it's creating lifelong habits. If it's something that you've been doing and it's important to pray, you know, yes. if that's something that's important to your family, start it off young and make it a habit and build habits and form good, healthy habits for your children. Mm-hmm. And that'll, that'll stick with them through life. Right. So back to this idea of fairness and balancing, I think they kind of go hand in hand. You know, um, let's talk about gifting. Yeah, that's something that actually was a bit of a struggle at the beginning of our relationship. As far as Christmas went, is you were always looking for fairness. I was. I was that mom and stepmom. I just wanted all the kids to feel that they were equally. Yeah, which is a great thing. I'm not saying it's not, but I think you were growing up as an only child. Mm-hmm. And everything had to be fair and even and because that's what makes sense when you're looking from the outside in. You know, yeah, you I didn't have siblings, so I didn't, I don't. Right. But I, I think the big, the big problem with that is you then, well, the problem that we had was that now this kid's gift list was costing more than this kid's gift list. Mm. But this kid had less and this kid had more. So you're constantly trying to even them up, and before you know it, you can't even fit all these presents in the house, right? Yeah, and credit card bills are astronomical, right. and Christmas it just stops doesn't being about, about what it's supposed exactly. to be about and becomes a, a gifting war. Yeah, so I think... That uh, the parents created, uh, me and I specifically created, not even the kids. Yeah, well, and <laughs> growing up with two other siblings mm-hmm. in my house... I don't ever remember a time looking at around at my sisters and going, hey, they got more than I did, or hey, their gifts cost more than mine did. You know, Really? All, yeah. It, you're grateful on Christmas for what you get, especially if your parents pay attention to what you, you want. want. Yeah, the gifts that you want, you know. And some, some families can't even afford multiple gifts. You know, you're, the kids are lucky if they get one gift. Yeah. You know, and if they get a gift that they can share. And at the end of the day, it's not about the gifts truly. And I think that's all right to teach your children that. Yeah. And I know for some families who aren't Christian, you know, they might be, it is about gifts and all that. And yeah, if you've got the money, more power to you. But I think you're right. I think that as long as the kids are getting what they truly want, you know, my daughter isn't interested yet in the expensive things. She's still happy with, like, LOL surprise. Yeah. You know, <laughs> or stuffed animals and slime. You know, she'd rather get that than a laptop. Yeah. Let's say. She would be happy. She wouldn't even know what to do with it. And I think that I I definitely used to get caught up. And I still kind of do, especially with birthdays as well. Yeah. I want every kid to feel like they had an equally yoked birthday. Yeah. None of the kids have ever come to any of us and gone, hey, well, they got this and I got and I didn't get that or, you know, it's always when they reflect on their birthdays, it's always about their their own. You know, they're not they're not comparing. And I don't know if that's something that happens in households. I've never had that in my own personal situation. You know what? Let's take a poll. Okay. Up at the top of the corner, top of the corner right there. Um, if you, if you're a sibling and you grew up with siblings and were gifted, did you guys measure your gifts against your, your siblings and did it matter to you guys or were you just more interested in what you got yourself? I'm interested because I am and I was raised an only child. I have a half brother, but we weren't raised together. So, um, it was always about you. I know. Just <laughs> kidding. Um, but yeah, gifting's been a hard thing to balance and readjusting perspective that, you know, the kids are all individuals. So fairness and balance between them is also unrealistic just because they are different. Their needs are different. Their wants are different. How you discipline kids is different between each kid. You know, what works, you could take someone's iPad away and that's shocking to them where another kid could get care less but yeah. you take away any like play dates or going to the movies and the world has ended 
you know, so every kid's, you can't even discipline across but the all, board, yeah. to be fair. But all kids really, like, they just need love, right? Yeah. You need to love and care for your children. Yeah. And I think the rest kind of comes naturally. Yeah. So. So you know how our Blended Life logo is a triangle? Yeah. Have you I explained that? It. Yes. <laughs> Me and my buddy Chris designed it. But have you explained to the audience what that's about? I feel like we did on the first podcast, but our first, but our triangle logo is we're the base, mm-hmm. we're the foundation, mm-hmm. and then we have your side of the family, mm-hmm. and then my kid's side of the family. You know, there's there's their mom and dad, or there's their step, <laughs> their their biological and mm-hmm. the other biological, and then there's us, right? So we are. So each kid really has a triangle going on. Yeah, they have. They have really. Yeah. Now I want to blow your mind. We have a triangle going on in our own family. Oh yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. So I think a lot about balancing when we talk about in a blended family, and my kids are in this triangle because I think it's different when you have one biological child in the household versus two biological children in the household. My attention just is more split. One kid doesn't get it all, so they're having to share me, and they're having to share. They have each other too. Yeah. But a triangle that is interesting to me that exists in our family is you, me, and your son. Right. And why this fascinates me is because growing up, I grew up as a part of blended families. My parents divorced when I was a year and a half old, so I didn't know my parents together ever. I have no memory of it. I just grew up with my current step families. Yeah. So, but as an only child in my primary home, my mom had primary custody of me. The same triangle in reverse that exists in our home today existed and still exists. We still deal with it um, with my mom, my stepdad, and myself. And I know my mom, now that I'm a step-parent, and also a stepchild, I have so much empathy for both stepchild and stepparent now because the triangle is, you know, my mom has is in be- caught in between often my stepdad and myself. And growing up, that was really hard. And I think it was a lot because her and I were the same sex. So we bonded because we were both female. And I had no siblings in the house, right? Yeah, and you were biological, and so that so helps too. then we were biological mom and daughter and so that created and same with you and your son you're both same sex you know you're both male and then you're both biological and then you have this outlier of a step parent who can't really relate to being the opposite sex number one number two is not biologically attached to this child and he already has a biological mother who cares for him who he's got a bond with yes and you know and for me, I didn't, uh, we, you know, whatever. But so I know very well how hard it was for my stepdad to kind of not be in control or not be able to have real um, influence or power. Like my mom was just going to kind of do what she was going to do. And they fought a lot about that. And um, and so, but I, I also am like my stepdad probably felt so disconnected and left out at times. Yeah. Um, and so I know for you, you're in the same position that my mom was. My mom was always in the middle. You know, she had me pulling at her and bitching at her. And I was so, and you know my personality. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like, I, I didn't hold back. Right. You know, and then she's married to this man who she loves and sharing a life with and trying to honor that and his feelings. And, you know, I don't know how she didn't lose her mind sometimes, even today. You know, as adults, I, that hasn't really ended. Right. And I think something that's affected you over this time is that she's always chosen, and not much more, but she's always chosen her marriage. Oh, you know? absolutely. Yeah. Which is really what we're called to do is choose our marriage. And in a blended family, if we can choose our marriage really over our children, and that doesn't mean that you have to put your marriage way up here and then your children way down here, but you. There's an imbalance. Yeah, but you honor that marriage first, and I think the rest will fall into place. That's right. And, you know, now as an adult, it was hard as a kid. You know, I was, I never, 
I never felt unloved. Like my, I was very well taken care of, very well loved. Um, I can't I have no complaints. They did right. a great job. But yeah. you know, now as an adult, I'm. I don't live with my mom. I'm not going to marry my mom. You know. Yeah. I. You know. So she was correct. I can say that now. She probably felt so in the middle, but she was very correct in choosing my stepdad because that is the person when I left, I left the house at 17. Okay. So what do I want her to be alone? And you know, or was I going to live with her forever? That would have been super unhealthy. You know, had I pushed him away and she had pushed him away, what kind of life would that be for everyone? No, she did the right thing. So, and I remember I was talking to a friend and my friend painted a picture about this very thing. She said that, you know, our kids are meant to orbit our lives. Okay. You know, your your spouse and you are the nucleus or whatever, and your kids orbit Getting all that. scientific on us. Well, I like yeah. it. yeah, and then they orbit it, and then it's they're removed enough to be able to move away right. and have their own nucleus over here family. Okay. But a lot of times... And, and do, we come, do we become peons? <sighs> you want to play a game? No, I want to finish my, my really quick. Okay. So then... But oftentimes in a blended family, what ends up happening or when you're a single parent is that you start orbiting around your kid. You know, your kid is the center of your universe and you're around their life. And then how are they ever supposed to get out of your orbit to live their own life? And I don't know if it's we're trying to overcompensate for, you know, a family splitting up or we're trying to overcompensate for time that we don't have. Lost time, yeah. But... I think the bigger picture is you need to cl- you need to be a Klingon to your spouse. Mm, there she goes again. And um and let your kids kind of orbit around. And I one last point to that is I think that respect in a household it's really hard with stepkids, right? Yeah, there, stepkids a- have a hard time respecting that. But if they see you being super respectful to your marriage, if they see you putting your marriage first. If they see you respectful to your spouse, then they will fall in line. Yeah. It might take a while, and there's, of course, pushback to that. But if you're modeling to your kids, and then you're teaching your kids, look, marriage is important. Yeah. You know, this is a vow I took before God. You don't take a vow when you have a child, right? It's not, I mean, it's intentional to have a kid, but that Hopefully. you don't have a ceremony. You're not taking vows, you know, it's kind of natural just to have that bond with your children. But when you teach your children the sanctity of marriage and you are respecting that and honoring it, I think that kids will be like, once they get over themselves, you know, yeah, they will might, accept it. It might not be for years down the road. They will accept it. They have to. You don't give them a choice. Right. You no, don't give agreed. them a choice. You don't give a choice of disrespect. Yeah. It's just not an option. Anyway, okay. Game time? I, I should have had alcohol instead of coffee. Oh, here we go. Games? Yeah, I was just playing a game with you. Love games? That's right, love games, Greg. I'll play love games? What's up? Really, love why games. do you have to be the worst at games? And why do we have to do this every week? No. Why this is... I'll play love games? No. Oh. Okay, let's, let's move on. This is... This is... This is the most horrible thing I've ever had to watch. He made me watch This Is, what's that's, it called? That's old Greg. Old Do you not Greg. know who that is? Hang on. Oh, it's still going. I had to watch this horrific video on old Greg, who is a merman. Um, yeah, who is he? Come on, Greg. Pleased to meet you. It's please don't watch it. I'm just warning you now. Like You will not get that time back. You cannot unsee things. He has a mangina yeah. that he shows people. It's just. He goes to clubs. <laughs> you want to come to a club where people wear on each other? Anyway, it is the most horrible thing I've ever seen. And That's now it's his favorite it's not. thing. But what's the game? I'm still waiting. No, let me ask you the maybe, question. Maybe I should ask you the same question. Okay, <sighs> no games then. Maybe we have another poll. Do you like game time on Blended Life? We or is it established a w- this last week. It's the yeah. only reason people watch this. I think we need to keep asking. Oh. Because okay. you're... Poll. 
the worst at games. And that wasn't even a game. That was a plug for old Greg. No, it was going to be a game. It was going to be love games. What is a love game? Lady Gaga wrote love games. Uh, but what's the game? Do you see people? Do you see why I think he's the worst at games? There are no games. There's just it's where my self-esteem is <laughs> in the dumps. All right. Back to balance in a blended family. So back to this triangle I speak of. How do you balance that out? How do you balance having a spouse and a child? I think if I think I even think if your child and I were of the same sex, we would be that would be uh, you know, there would be things that I would be able to do that's different. I, you, you know what I mean? But that's not the case. And I also think that, oh, I don't know. I just think it's very hard. I know you have felt, you've told me you felt in the middle. And so you have to balance that out. And how do you do that? You do that by. He must love me exactly as I love you. <laughs> you need to do that by honoring your spouse and always being a team with them. Right. And you need to uh, and I and I have felt caught in the middle of this quite often. Yeah. But that's because we need to be on the same team. It can't be you giving my son and I the space anytime we're around one another. Yeah. Which you tend to do. You've I do because for a multitude of reasons, I do because I've been that stepchild. An only stepchild. Yeah. And I think that your child in our home is kind of like an only child. Mm, but that's where we're going wrong. That's how we're living. But, yes, that's because you're giving us that space and being like, hey, you guys need your own space when you're together. Now it's great to have space once So in how a do while. you balance that? You know, what is the balance? What is the magic, you know, ratio? Is there one where you guys, because it's important no. to have time with just your biological no, children. Yeah. That's Of course. That's super important. And but there's, there's no special magic number that's like, hey, we need three hours a day of just us time yeah but you're talking to somebody also who's like boundary driven yes kind of like i need to know the expectation so i don't know i don't know what that balance looks like you know i mean i only go off the reaction of my stepson that's the problem right there you just said it. you go off the reaction of the stepson which if you go back into this podcast five ten minutes (laughs) we don't let the children dictate dictate and that's what's happening is you're going off his reaction and he's bummed because stepmom's taking dad away and they're hanging out and they're doing their thing and he's grumpy about it. Mm-hmm. And if you let him dictate and pull me back, now all of a sudden I feel you being bummed out about it and now I feel him winning by dictating. That is exactly what happens. makes me angry. And now I'm stuck in the middle of you being bummed out and him getting his way. And now I'm just angry. Yeah. Right. And I think that's a lot of the times why you are not such a happy camper. Like when we go to Disneyland and he wants to go do one thing. mm -hmm. You want to go do one thing. Your kids want to do another. Mm -hmm. And I'm stuck in the middle of this rather than you and I just being parents and calling the shots or just being a married couple yeah but last time i in disneyland just because this is the the, most recent thing the most yeah and i think by the end of the time because this our trip started out like this which had our kids dictating mostly mine and your kids usually if they don't want to do it what they're we're doing a lot of times we travel with your parents they can remove themselves and they can go do something with your parents. My parents were so sick this time that they true. could, they were not that buffer for that's us, true. which I think made it more difficult. But Yeah. But the kids are also all right with doing nothing too. If it's not what they want to do, they will go do nothing. Yeah. So I think my kids are kind of easy going and I kind of tell them, I kind of like, we're, you know, I think I give in to wanting to know what they want to do. And then I like, I don't really care. I've been to Disneyland 10,000 times. Yeah. And I, we're yes, all just and so I just different. don't care. Yeah. But so what we so did different. by the end of the trip is we told the kids, you guys aren't deciding at all what we're doing. Right. We know what you guys like and what you want to do. But us as the parents, us as husband and wife, we're going to tell you guys what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And you either need to take it or leave it. Right. 
You can't be out of the balance. I think that is. And you can't be letting your children call the shots. Right. You you can't have your children here and your marriage, you know, your your marriage here. Yeah. So the, that balance is incorrect. It needs to be your marriage hit here and the kids are like following yeah. this. And I think that a lot of people let the kids lead. I know we both have struggled with that, letting our kids lead. Absolutely. At times. Yep. So as a step parent, balancing out like, you know, time with your biological children versus time with your stepchildren. What does that look like? How do you balance how do you balance that? Or do you just not worry about it? Like that is just yeah, is what it is. I think people worry about that type of stuff too much. As long as all the kids are getting the necessary attention and you're not excluding kids from events. You know, for instance, I don't just take my son and go do things. Mm-hmm. I always invite, you know, appropriately, you know, if we're going to do something that, uh, from mountain biking, for instance, you know, if we're going to go climb a big mountain, I'm going to invite the other, you know, I'm going to invite your son, you know, might not invite the daughter because she's going to, she's going to struggle a bit on that. She can't keep up. But we don't just go out and do things that only the older kids can do. We go out and we do things as families. And I think finding the balance and doing things that you can do as a family, but also finding time that you can go do things with your child alone and giving them that one-on-one attention that they crave but also finding time to go out and bond with the other kids as well. I think it's all important. So yeah. there's no magic number to that, but just finding time to do everything. And then not forgetting to go find that one-on-one time with your spouse. Yeah, balancing your because, marriage. Yeah, because that's a big thing that gets pushed to the wayside is finding that time to go, you know, on, especially on these blended family schedules. Week on, week off, five, five, six, nine, eight, whatever. That'd be a five, five, two, two, Eric. Oh my god! Yeah. Anyways, it's been how long? How many years have we had this? And I still get confused by it. Yeah, you, I, I have to have a paper calendar that I can look at <laughs> to know. It's still confusing. Right. So all I these think you're right. Blended schedules are insane. So the stars point, have to align. My the point part, to that is, yeah, is we yeah. have special dates two sometimes three i don't ever know if it's four times a month that it's only you and i Mm -hmm. right so finding out when those times are and honoring those times and not making plans with your buddies or plans with your girlfriends or whatever it is but make plans with your spouse and honor that time because that's the only true alone time that you get especially i think in blended families you start out with kids and so that is, you didn't have that time one-on-one to build a relationship. You're kind of, it's kind of backwards, right? You're, yeah. you're trying to make up for all that, uh, the, all that back end in the forefront. <laughs> you know, you're, it's a tough balance. And so you really need to, um, one thing I love, and I know people love spontaneity. I like spontaneity too. No, I don't. Um, but I think when you're intentional with your spouse and you have you letting your spouse know, look, you're so important to me because we write down our our children's sporting events, school stuff like that's all super important. Right. You know, those those are sacred times. We do not make plans with friends. We do not work extra. We do not even make plans with our spouse. Our spouse gets pushed aside when something important is going on with the kids. Nothing else. You you know, but you also have to be intentional with your spouse and let them know, hey, I am planning this time with you. Right. I'm writing it down. And not only is that letting them know that they're important enough to plan for, but also that you're going to follow through with that. And it gives you something to look forward to. You know, for me, I can white knuckle a hellish week yeah, or even a tough week with us or a tough week with my stepson or a tough week with my own son. If I know that I've got that, it doesn't have to be extravagant, right? It can be a day where we're filming all day. Or you have, you know, a simple dinner and. Yeah, just something to look forward to. with the dogs. Uh, and a reset, <laughs> yeah. you know, a connection. You, you have to nurture that or you will lose your kids to the outside world. Well, and, and once 
the kids are grown up and out of the house that you touched on earlier, then all of a sudden you have no bond, you have no more connection, and you then have to build this stuff later with a stranger who you now have baggage with, you have all these issues with that you've never worked through. Yeah. And that's just going to create I think a that, And that life. is my biggest struggle in our marriage, for sure. What's that? Being super honest and open, <laughs> apparently, um, is just bottling things up and not talking about oh, them. yeah. And that is my concern, you know, I think it's it's finding a balance of, look, you don't want to offend people, especially your spouse, because once you've offended your spouse, they stop hearing you, they're on the defensive, your feelings don't even matter anymore, you know, and that doesn't feel good, that doesn't, I would rather not talk and have that happen and bottle it up, because not only are not you now mad, now I'm pissed and resentful to you because you don't even care about what I'm saying. Right. All you care about is your point and, you know, so communication. But if you don't work these things out now, to your point, you definitely are going to later. And I know a lot of marriages end. Or you won't work it out later and your marriage will end. That's what I'm But, yeah. like, when your kids are gone and you don't have your kids as a distraction, blended families, you know, kids are a huge distraction. You, and they're you, everywhere. Right. <laughs> and you retire, which, you know, we're not there yet. But, you know, now all of a sudden you don't have work to keep you occupied. You don't have your children to keep you occupied. You don't have all these extracurricular activities to keep, keep you occupied. So we're yeah, supposed because to you can't play hockey at 80. I mean, I can. You will. I will. I know. So hobbies go away and you have no more distraction. You're faced with your spouse. Right. So you really need to tend to that relationship during your time as a blended family because when, you know, they're so, divorce rates are so high, you know, empty nesters don't know what to do. They're looking at a stranger and they decide something better has got to be out there because this isn't what marriage is. Yeah, but don't ever lose focus and connection your spouse right how do you make your spouse not a stranger i think one of the biggest things that has helped us is our initial promise to one another that we made before we got married which we thought was going to be a lot harder than it is but it's actually communicating with one another for 30 minutes a day regardless of where we are or what we're doing that was a promise that i had to chew on i really didn't think that was possible i couldn't promise you something that i didn't think i could do yeah. And I'm just like, life is so crazy with uh, work and we have three kids and three different sports and three different, you know, schools. And how are we going to set aside 30 minutes a day, both of us together without anyone else? I just, I, it was lost on me how that was going to happen. Right. Until you figured out it's not us sitting down at a table. Yeah, I did. <laughs> right. I think I that's what it was scared you like about it. Like we had to be like intense one-on-one just talking, communicating, right? Yeah. But what's it actually really look like? It looks like talking throughout the day, um, being able just to call each other for a couple minutes here and there. Yeah, it's not or one 30-minute block of time, right? Yeah, like just texting each other or before bed, you know, we're laying in bed together. But even that's a challenge because we have different bedtimes. Yeah, we have different schedules for We have sure. different schedules, and that's hard. That's a hard thing to balance. Different yeah. schedules when the adults are on different sleep schedules to find that time, but you know what? We have made it a priority. It has worked. It's not as daunting as it seems. Yeah. Um, you just have to not look at it as a chunk of time and maybe look at it more as like a practice throughout the day, and it adds up. All those little times that you connect and communicate with your spouse add up, and it's beautiful. But and the I focus of it is it's not just so we can talk and so we have fun talking together, but it's so we stay connected, right? It's so we continue to have a handle on each other's lives and we continue to build and forge a relationship and communication and that's true because something really quick that isn't talked about a lot is you f when you are communicating with so many people you know we communicate with our parents every day about our kids right. we communicate with our exes about our kids we communicate with the school with their teachers with their extracurricular coaches that sometimes we forget to communicate with each other and I know we both have been on that end of hearing it secondhand from somebody else yeah and being like wait 
why like did I know this? I'm your spouse. Like how, or not checking in. That happens in. to me often. Yes. But it's because we get so wrapped up with so much going on. And that's where I've learned to just extend grace. You know, I might give you a hard time about it for a minute, but it's not something I'm like, how did it come? I didn't know about this play that was happening at the kid's school. Yeah. You know? And I've and been on that like receiving end, you too. You totally have. Where, you know, you thought you've told me, and now you're just old and forget everything. Yeah. So you think you tell me and you don't. I know. Anyway, um, last thing I want to bring up, I think that a lot of parents out there can relate to. I know it's kind of a sensitive subject, but I think it will help a lot of people to talk about it, is that you've been in a blended family much longer than you realized. And I just, no, uh, then I realized, (laughs) I just realized this, like, (laughs) within, like, the last month or two. That's wild. I didn't realize that when... I first got married, and she already had a kid, and then we had a kid. But her just having that kid when you got married was me, a blended family. That became a blended family. Yep. So years Before and years ago. Before you even ago. had your kid. That's right. So blended families look like so many different yeah. things. There's not, you could sit out, you could sit here and draw a hundred different pictures that look like different blended families and probably more than that right but it's interesting because like most blended families 70 percent divorce rate most blended families will end in divorce yeah yours did and so what I want to talk about is balancing because I think you didn't realize you were in a blended family because no clue you entered into that marriage with your daughter very young she was very young when you came into her life, so you were dad. Yeah. And so because you weren't labeled as a stepdad, you know, you really filled that void um, and took on that role wholeheartedly. Um, but then that went away. You know, when yeah, you get divorced, hard. you have no legal rights to this child who you've raised and who calls you dad. Yeah. You don't really have any say or input or pull, you know, and you can't this physically kid, go get this kid. This and spend kid you've time been raising for years yeah. and years, all of a sudden, you can't even go pick them up from school. No, and that's got to be really hard because you can go pick up your son. It was one of the most frustrating things. But you had and to leave your daughter. Breaking things I have ever dealt with in my life. Yeah. 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 Pick up your son, but not your daughter. Yeah. I can't even imagine how hard that was. Yep. Um, but I think that that isn't unique to you. I think that a lot of people deal with that. And why people have such a hard time being a step-parent is a lot of step-parents aren't able to even, one, have that bond you have with your daughter. Right. And she still calls you dad. Mm -hmm. But how do you balance that having ripped away from you and having you have no choice to respect that you're not the biological father? You don't have those rights. She's no longer going to live in your home. You're not going to see her every day. You're not going to raise her up every day and you have no say yet you want to remain effective and present in her li- in her life because that is you don't just turn off feelings they're not a faucet right yeah you don't just turn off responsibility like this responsibility you carry when you married her mom you married her in, in a sense you know yeah. you committed to her that same no, day no completely and yes. so you, that doesn't just go away because of divorce no. right no, you have to swallow a huge slice of humble pie. You need to really just step back and not play the victim and and be like, oh, well, since you're taking them away, I'm going to do nothing for them ever again and really just remove yourself. Because that's not love. That's not love. Because that is not being a good right. person. What you have to do is really just quiet down on your end, be there, be as willing to provide and um, be there emotionally and just be there for the kid as much as you're allowed to, which is so hard because you have no rights whatsoever. So the way I did it is when I got my new house, I got a room for her. I got everything set up for her, even though I knew she was not going to be there part of the time you know I could have turned that room into an office or you know whatever it may have been but I still had the means to be able to take care of her and provide for her granted I was given that opportunity right and then 
also knowing that these kids are going to grow up. They are going to get a voice. They are going to either want to be around you or they're not going to be around you. So be the best person you can to make them want to be around you. Still give them advice when they are around you. Still be that parent for them and love them just as you normally would. Yeah, and I think that what children of divorce crave more than anything and what I've seen you do so beautifully, I don't think a lot of men or women could do it quite how wonderfully you've done it, but just provided that consistency. You know, you never wavered for... your willingness to be there for her on any level. That's never wavered. You didn't give or take or be emotional about it. And so one day you're like, screw this, I'm done. And the next day you're like, oh, I miss you, come here. There was never that push or pull. You were always just super consistent. And you've always done that. And I, um, it'll be interesting when she's like 30 to have a conversation with her about all of this. Yeah. But, um... I don't know. I just, in the hard conversations, I know that's been, is that a struggle, you know, because you aren't, you, you have to do what you feel is right. You, you can't be a parent and not have the tough conversations and call yourself. Otherwise you're not doing your job. If you, if you think you're a parent and you can't sit there and have a tough conversation with your child, you're not being a parent. So there are those tough conversations that just being a Disneyland dad. That's exactly what you're being. So for her to have for her to need discipline or need input or insight on something going on because mm-hmm. she still is a kid. She's a teenager, right? For her to be doing something where I'm like, "Hey, it's not okay." That's not okay or that's not right. I need to get over the fear of if I say something to her that bums her out, you know, that it might push her away. I need to get over that fear because I need to I need to parent her, right? Yeah. Biological or not, I'm still... You still carry that responsibility. I carry that responsibility. And if I don't say something to her when something needs to be said and it has reverse effects, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to live with myself with that, right? Absolutely. And, yeah. you know, something I want everyone to hear because this is personal experience is your kids will remember that you cared enough to have those tough conversations even if they don't like it, right? But when you are a child and you are just so easily let go, that is the most hurtful thing you could do to a child. You know, a child really needs to be cared about. So kids like discipline. I know that sounds super crazy, but discipline and correction and those hard conversations show that you care. And when they're adults... And they know that you were there in the tough times and you're guiding them. Whether it's subconscious or not, they will, it will matter and your relationship will come back around. But when you simply let your kids go, you know, you're divorced now. And even though you call me mom or dad, you know, or even a biological parent, I don't talk to my biological father anymore. Right. I was so easily easily let go of. Well, it's because all of a sudden you didn't have, or he didn't have the responsibility of you because you weren't there. So rather than just being there for you and being willing to. He never had the tough conversations with me. That's he what never, I mean. So he never cared to know about my life or what I was up to or who my friends were. And look at how that were. makes you feel now. It is the most hurtful thing I've ever had to deal with. And so your daughter slash stepdaughter, I guess, either, you know, but she is... You know, it's weird. So I never thought of her as my I stepdaughter. Know. Well, because you were filling a void. Yeah. You know, her dad wasn't in the picture when right. you came in, right? Right. From what I know. So you were, yeah. you were dad. And you will never so easily let her go. And I think that is, I can speak from experience, you will always have a relationship with her. I hope so. Because of that. Yeah. She will always seek you out on some level because we all want to be loved and accepted and pulled in as adults and as children. Well, that reminds me of a quote that I was thinking about the other day and, you know, setting up a legacy for your children because they're not going to remember every single thing that you say to them and every single thing that you do. But it was a cab ride 
from uh, and it was this was a paper published in North Carolina, but from a Jackson Brown who was a cab driver to Maya Angelou. And the quote is, people may not remember exactly what you did or what you said, but they will always remember how you made them feel. And I think that's important with our children because they're not going to remember every single thing that you say or that you do or every punishment that you hand down or you know, what it may, whatever it may be, but they're always going to remember that you're there for them as their parent, right? And yeah. that you cared for them. And in the hard times, even when you probably should have pushed them away, you know, or given them a little bit of tough love, which I'm sure a lot of parents struggle with, they're always going to remember that mom or dad was there for me. Yeah, and I think that even as hard of a relationship as I have had with my stepdad, he cares so all, much about yes, you. He, yes, no matter what has happened... And we've had a tough relationship. He's always been there. He's always been consistent. He's always been willing to help and care. And I can extend grace because he's always made me feel cared for and protected and safe. Yeah. You know, no other man in my life has made me feel for such a long period of time, you know, from a year and a half old to present day, I still know if I needed help. He'd be there in a heartbeat. Yeah, that man will drop anything he is doing to help you or your children out. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, step-parents take heart. You know, it might take an adult stepchild to come back around and really see what you've, the sacrifices you've made and, you know, all the hard things you've had to endure being a step-parent. You know, it's it's hard. It's a a really tough job. But I think um, if you're consistent and just like Eric said with that quote, you know, you make them feel loved, honored, and protected and safe, you know, they can't ignore that. One thing, let's just wrap this up. Okay. Because we're talking about balance in a blended family. And I think to tie this up with a bow, that balance is often in regard, balance and fairness, people put hand in hand. And I think that it's not about a fair chore list or about how much money was spent on gifts or um, time, you know, time spent or, you know, we, we focus on the wrong things when it comes to balance. When we are balancing in a blended family, we need to balance relationships. And what that means is making sure everyone feels loved. Everyone safe. feels safe, protected and honored. Yeah. Love, protected, safe, and honored. I don't know. Put them in any order you want, but that's what you need to balance. Stop worrying about the chores. Stop worrying about the money. Stop worrying about who's got more opportunities. I mean, who cares about all that if everyone feels those four things? Amen. Then that is what you need to focus. That Then you have a balanced, blended family. Right. All the other crap doesn't matter. Yeah. So that is that is the guess the point of this. That's an excellent point, and that's I mean that's really what it's all about. It's about being a family, and and the grandparents. Let's make sure your you know the grandparents yeah. and your parents are also in that. You know, it's about relationship. It isn't about the to do lists and the things. Yeah, but we're so hyper focused on that. Yep, that we don't really see the bigger picture. So bigger picture people, bigger picture people, <laughs> flashlight people. Yeah, so. If you guys got anything out of this, please subscribe. Ring that bell for notifications. Every Thursday, we ring release. Ring the bell. Oh. Ring, ring. Ring my bell. Ding. Sorry. That's <laughs> that was rude, but that's fine. You can still contact me for um, appearances. Appearances without the voice. So <laughs> if you guys got anything out of this please subscribe comment below let us know how balance is looking in your family blended or not some of you might not be a blended family but let us know what balance looks like maybe if you have any struggles um comment let us know what kind of struggles you might have or how you deal with those struggles because we're a blended family we're still learning we're people too um yeah we'd love to hear and we love to i mean the point of having a podcast and instagram and facebook is to create a community of people, I know I don't have a lot of blended family friends in our hometown here. Um, so let's help each other out. Let's interact. Yeah. So every Thursday, we are on live when we release these podcasts at 7 o'clock p.m. 
every Thursday. Pacific Standard Time. Pacific Standard Time. And we are there to chat with you, bounce ideas off, questions, and just interact. And Yeah, we love to meet Build a bigger community. People. That's right. Yeah. So thanks, thanks you guys. Again. Yeah, thanks for <laughs> thanks for tuning in. And uh, we'll catch you next time, huh? Bye. Bye. Thanks. Hey, it's Julie again. I hope this episode of Blended Life started a conversation that you will finish in your home. But I get it, right? Sometimes you need more. My offer still stands. If I can interest you in a free one-on-one breakthrough session with me to see if coaching is right for you, contact me now at becomingheardnow at gmail.com and let's get you unstuck. Becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I look forward to it.